Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Mahochko, joined as always by our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I am a mediocre at Fair best. enough. And and uh, we we've already been warned, folks. Uh, John's headache right now is on a six point five scale out of ten. So we'll make this as quick and painless for him as possible, which in turn makes it quick and painless for everybody. No, it's <laughs> gonna be painful for fucking somebody. Hey, if it's painful for fucking somebody, then uh, um, you might want to go to the doctor and get that checked out. <sighs> anyway, uh, also, we are joined by, as always, Todd Wolverton. Hi, Todd. Greg, how's it going in Illinois? Uh, was over 50 degrees today, so fewer complaints than last week. There you go. There you go. Love the tropical February that we're experiencing in some parts of the Midwest. It's tremendous. Um, it's 23 degrees here. It is a well-known fact that I hate winter. Uh, winter sports are fine. Winter Olympics are okay. Winter weather can kiss my ass. So um, I don't care for it. I, I have been on this particular pedestal since I found out that snow days had to be made up in June. <laughs> as soon as I realized that I said, no, we don't need any of that snow shit. Um, I'm, I'm of the belief not to make, not, not to make things, uh, uh, you know, we're never, never supposed to discuss politics or religion, but I'm of the belief that the only snow that you should have should be Christmas morning and it should be melted by noon. Wow. I could live with that. Have you ever heard of Vim Hoff? Either of you ever heard of Vim Hof? Okay. Vim Hof is this, uh, you can go out. It's W-I-M-H-O-F. That's his name. He has run a half marathon barefoot above the Arctic Circle. He has set tons of records for cold endurance. Is an amazing person to read about and an amazing person to, uh, you know, he has these philosophies about breathing because I have this headache and it never goes away and there's nothing they can do for it really, unless I start taking really, really mind altering or mood altering and really just intrusive drugs. But which, which you've Hoff, done, you've done before you've taken some of those medications have, in the past and, uh, and, and obviously you didn't care for them. And folks, we encourage you to read more about it in Ben dead, never been to Paris, uh, a true story by John Johnston available right now on amazon.com. It's it's never been to Europe, but I've never been to Paris either. I thought I was never been to Paris. I, I said uh, last week I said Paris and you didn't correct. I know me. I don't correct anybody. I just Man, I feel bad. OK, now. Vim Hof, Vim Hof, Vim Hof has this thing about taking cold showers. OK, and I found I was finding winter completely intolerable until I started taking his advice. And actually, I take a hot shower and like in the last two minutes, I turned it to cold. And what it's done for me is it, it's made me, uh, I endure the cold much better than I ever have. And it, it's been a, it's been a game changer as the productivity experts would say, there it is. There's the book. Yeah. Hold on. I got it. Actually, I gotta, you know what I did this week? Uh, did you do it in the shower? 
Yeah, I no, I, I turned I turned uh, my second book into my editor. Congratulations, John. It'll it'll be called Manage Your Damage. And it is specifically targeted heart attack survivors. It's about all the strategies I use to overcome anxiety, depression. This has nothing to do with Nebraska sports. Are we just going to keep on this track? Let's talk is, Nebraska sports. It's what, do want, now, what, what do you want, Todd? What do you want? Wait, wait, wait. Dragon before we, who's before in we get there, before yeah. we get there, time out, everybody. Want to thank right. uh, this week's unofficial sponsor. <laughs> that sounded like a gun. It, it oh, looks like oh, the Yingling. Oh, Yingling. I got to I got to turn off my right my virtual background. Sorry, everybody. You got to see the you know my house behind me. Um, but yes, Li Yingling. Yingling. Little, little, oh. little. Yes, I I won this at an auction, a silent auction, for uh, my son's school. How much a beer? What? <laughs> I didn't want. I, I won twenty beers, John, and the cooler it came in <laughs> for your son's school. It's a Catholic school. <laughs> oh, God. I also it, you know. So here's the fun thing, and I'm glad we're having this production uh, conversation out here for the world. Um, the week of July sixteenth. To the twenty second, uh, you guys will have to proceed without me. Uh, I also won in the live auction portion a vacation, a week getaway with me and my family to the uh, illustrious never before have I been Wisconsin Dells. Woo-hoo. Oh, so Woo-hoo. and thank God it's in July and not December. Or I tell them to right off going to Wisconsin in December like a moron. I think I've been so. There. But I don't remember. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> but yes, fun. I won beer at a at a grade school dinner auction. Well, and it's, it's, it's Catholic Wisconsin. Schools Week. So our last week was Catholic Schools Week. Yep, that's true. So, uh, Nebraska athletics guys, there's yeah. some things going on. There's a basketball game going on right now. I'm watching it. And what's the score, John? And tell us where know. we're it's at with commercial. the. We're ahead. It's not commercial. I think it's halftime. We're ahead. We're ahead. We're beating Minnesota. Are we going to talk about basketball? Are you ready to talk about basketball, Greg? Are you no. ready? No, I would. <laughs> I think I would rather talk about badminton than talk about Nebraska men's basketball right this now. This seems to be the problem. Nobody wants to talk about it. No, oh, everybody's for, talking about it. Everybody <laughs> wants to talk about it for the wrong fucking reason. Everybody wants that. The only conversation everybody is happening is fight. Let's fire Fred Hoiberg, which is the dumbest fucking conversation I can think of about basketball right now. I did. While you're talking about that specifically and, and with uh, uh, Coach Fred, uh, that's what I call him. You know, when I text him late at night as Coach Fred, um, but it they one of the tweets specifically that I saw said that the game of college basketball had passed him by. Now, I, I like both of your reactions. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying that's some of the criticism that has come out against Coach Hoiberg. Um, it is, 
is Nebraska's difference it because they're going through they haven't had really a solid uh roster since coach Hoiberg got here you know it, it famously you know from the team he inherited from Tim Miles there was uh the young man I apologize I'm I'm going to forget names or or you know cuz I didn't pay close enough attention when they were on the team who was um it, either he was injured or he was in that transfer year. Uh, so he was ineligible. Uh, so he played, but Thor was the only person who played minutes for Nebraska who was retained uh, right. by Coach Hoiberg. So it's been nothing but roster turnover. Is, is that the biggest? And I know, we're, you know, oddly enough, we're talking about this in a time when when the football program, you know, it just pulled so heavily from the transfer portal. But a football roster is significantly larger than a basketball roster. So I don't want to necessarily equate apples and Buicks. Uh, so in 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 basketball, when you're turning over the roster as frequently as as has happened uh, at Nebraska under Coach Hoiberg, they're. I feel like maybe there doesn't, there isn't the opportunity for that cohesive, um, cohesion. Uh, I'll, I'll change the word complete, just cohesion. You know, they're not, they're not able to gel. Is that what we're seeing? I, I, I remember his first year here. They spent, you know, a, a week or two in Europe, you know, in Italy or something like that. You know, uh, trying to get all these new players together and bonding, you know, while playing abroad. And we didn't see really any on the court benefit of that, you know, like the, the uh, results, the, the record at the end of the season. You know what? This is his third year. His first year he got hired after recruiting has already taken place. His second year they had COVID and Nebraska was forced to jam their fucking schedule together. How many games did they play in 14 days? You know, Michigan got a break. They got there at the top of the conference, so they get a break, and they got to stretch their schedule out. Nebraska had their schedule crammed and condensed, and nobody bothers to bring that up when they talk about this shit. Nobody bothers. Since we're talking about basketball, we have to make football references. We have the golden boy – in his fourth fucking year going three and nine in one of the worst divisions in college football. He hasn't figured out how to play well in the big 10. And you think you're going to bring in a coach to the worst basketball program in a power conference. And he's going to figure out how to recruit to the shitty school he's coaching at and play basketball in probably the toughest conference in the nation. And you want him fired. Fuck you. Not me. I'm not advocating for his removal. I get I want that, to say that. But that's a also, fuck you to everybody that wants him fired. Because also, this is important disclaimer. Uh, thoughts by John Johnston are not ne- are, are purely John Johnston's and not necessarily those of the Five Heart Podcast, SB Nation, Vox Media, or any of its subsidiaries. <laughs> you, you know. I, you know, you got to come into a conference and you have to figure out how to play in that conference. And the Big Ten is particularly a nasty conference because you, you get picking up a road win in the Big Ten is like hell. It's not the same as football, but I don't think there's 90% of Nebraska fans don't even pay attention to basketball enough to know that. 
You wouldn't know that Michigan State, for example, wins 86% of their fucking games at home. Probably because you don't care. Basketball is a sport at Nebraska that we pay attention to after football has ended and before baseball starts. It's an afterthought until it's really shitty. And then we can get on the radio or Steve Sipple can write fucking columns about it. But he's too gutless to write about his golden boy, Scott Frost. Because if he wrote those fucking articles about Scott Frost, Tom Osborne wouldn't talk to him anymore. You know, I'll tell you what, guys. I have I have been uh, I'm not a basketball fan. I pay attention because I'm I'm fascinated by you know the coaches and coaches' philosophies and that kind of stuff. Fred Hoiberg, I've been following Fred Hoiberg since he was the mayor. And when I'm not talking the mayor playing at Iowa State, I'm talking about when he was the mayor at Ames High School. Fred Hoiberg knows the game of basketball. There are some things that people either are overlooking or they're not, or they're not looking at things through a clear lens. Nobody, nobody is more disappointed and discouraged about the performance of the team this year than Fred Hoiberg. And it's easy for Nebraska fans to sit back and, and say, you know, this, isn't, this wasn't supposed to happen. You know, why aren't they winning games? He's got all this talent. You know, people saying the game has passed him by, oh, my God. That is, that's one of the most ridiculous things I've heard. What, what people have to understand is that they want to equate his success with the, same, with the success that he had at Iowa State. And the circumstances at Iowa State were significantly different than the circumstances that he found himself in at, at Nebraska. He, he walked into a situation in Ames where he had a good, solid core of players that were already at Iowa State with strong leadership skills and, and hard, strong work ethic. And then he all he had to do initially was recruit some talent to put with those guys. And that's what he did. And he got off to a good start. You guys have already mentioned it. When he came to Nebraska, he had Thor. And then he tries in a short period of time to cobble together some kind of of roster for that first season. So, you know, the reality is, is that Fred Hoiberg, you know, he, he, the whole basketball world, college basketball world, is shocked that Fred Hoiberg is his team is this bad this year. This is surprising to everyone. It's not just Nebraska fans who want to see those wins. My take on this is that he walked in here with a hell of a resume, and he is recruiting basketball players to the type of system that he believes gives them the best chance to win. That's what Scott Frost originally did too. And we've talked a lot about how Coach Frost has changed his philosophy a little bit since he figured out what the Big Ten is all about. Hoiberg has the capacity to do that too. And that better be on the top of his list is that he may have to adjust the style of basketball a little bit more than what he is to compete in this conference. Um, it's just like SEC football. If you haven't coached in the SEC, it's pretty damn difficult to come into a head coaching position if you've never been there. Same thing in Big Ten basketball. So my opinion, if they want to 
if Trev Albert wants to uh, have a conversation with Fred at the end of the season, it's not unreasonable for him, you know, to demand a plan on how he's going to get this program, you know, on the top side. That's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable to talk salary and make adjustments or suggest adjustments are being made just like he did with Scott Frost. Fred Hoiberg, he might just say, nope, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, he might. Who knows? Fred Hoiberg is going to land on his feet. The day that he's cut loose here at Nebraska, he will have phone calls for opportunities to either coach or be in the front office of many, many, many uh, programs, both at the college level and uh, in the NBA. So it was a very nice, rational, reasonable, logical uh, monologue, Todd. You didn't, yeah. I don't think you said the F word once. What Fred Hoiberg needs to be the head coach for another oh, Fred. I, I, what I don't get is uh, we gave Scott Frost a seven-year contract. And everybody thought, well, it'll take him seven years to get it right. Apparently, Fred just, you know, whatever. And I realize he hasn't shown much progress, and it's been terrible. Go ahead, Greg. I keep cutting yeah. on. No, it's okay. I got two things. One, I want to piggyback off something that you said, John, and then I'll, I'll transition to a, a question or, or a rhetorical question from you uh, that spawned from when you were talking. I, I'm certainly not advocating for the removal of Fred Hoiberg. Um, and to, to what you said, Todd, he's trying to get players in. He's getting players into Nebraska that without Fred Hoiberg would never come to Nebraska. Right. You know, let, let's, let's talk. I mean, well, there's nothing to talk about there. There's nothing to debate or discuss. You don't have um, a duo like you do with uh, Bryce and Trey if Fred Hoiberg's not the head coach. And then something that you said, Todd, maybe stop and, and you know, spawn off a, a – Similar question, but you said, or, or maybe not a question, but you said that everybody in the basketball world's staying there scratching their head, wondering how a, a Fred Hoiberg team, you know, is not producing, you know, not winning the games, you know, that, that's that they're left scratching their heads. Are people in the basketball world, and I'm not trying to, you know, dog on Nebraska, but are people in the basketball world surprised that that Hoiberg even took the job? You know, because it's not a it's not a basketball school. Yes, there are the ties and and you know there, uh, you know, the 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 familial ties and things like that. But if if you're a coach the caliber of Fred Hoiberg, I mean, like I said, I've I've said from the beginning, you know, based on everything that I've read and and, and observed, that you know where we were and I still think are lucky to have Fred Hoiberg as the head coach of the Nebraska men's basketball team. But that is a guy – I mean, you both said it. You know, the, the day he gets – you know, it, his time ends here unless, you know, he retires after, you know, leading Nebraska to three or four national championships, that, that type of thing, you know, and he's like, oh, I've done all I could do. I've put my time into the basketball world. I've gotten Nebraska to the promised land to be on. Um, but the, the, the day his time ends at Nebraska will be the, the, the same day that his phone rings somebody – seeking to to bring him on board uh so i get all that my, my I guess my question would be 
are, are, are there people out there scratching the heads running like, what the hell's he even in Nebraska in the first place? You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because this is a place where coaches' careers go to die. That that's we when when we had our arguments about I was the guy who public I think I'm still the only media guy if anybody wants to consider me media that is publicly on the record saying Scott Frost should have been fired last year just flat out said it okay and now I forgot where I'm going because my head hurts so bad but uh, God dang it but I think you're talking the, about being the, the only media guy. Yeah, about firing Scott Frost. I, I guess it, you know, it goes back to the seven-year contract, the three and nine-year record in four years. The comments that uh, we hope the Big Ten adjusts to us, and how long it would take Fred Hoiberg. You know what it was? What I was going to say is this: I was also the guy that made the argument. There was constantly people saying, "Well, if we start fire Scott Frost, who's going to come to Nebraska?" Okay, you know what? I made the argument that a lot of people would come to Nebraska because we have a fan base, we have money, we have tradition, and we are traditional blue, you know, we're blue blood, powerhouse. And people want Nebraska football to be good. That isn't true for basketball. Who wants to come to bat? This is a place where coaches' careers just, they go to die. And they might not die permanently, but they die for a while. Tim Miles got fired by us, and I really wished he hadn't have gotten fired. but. How did did Tim Miles get a job right away? No. Yeah, Doc Sather. What Doc Sather do? Became an assistant. What happened to uh, I, the guy that went to Butler? Became an AD. Danny Knee. Got a head coaching job somewhere else after a while. That yeah. That, who, people are not going to just line up. You can name names and put them on the list, and they're not, they're going to go, why would I do this? Unless you give me an $18 million buyout because you gave that other motherfucker one. <laughs> so I that want one be- too. The precedent's been set. <laughs> you know, hey, so I wouldn't, I, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, no, I no, you should just, I job. should make you host and then you can mute me, Greg. I think that there are people that honestly, you know, there are Nebraska fans because we've heard it with football too, that money should be no object. Throw all the money in the world at one of the big timers. I think that there are Nebraska fans and I can't even believe I'm going to put this, you know, say this. I think there's Nebraska fans that would be willing to throw as much money as it takes to bring Rick Patino to Nebraska. I think there are Nebraska fans that would advocate for that. And Greg, my response is the same as yours. I wouldn't, I would, I would hate to see it. It would be, it would be the end of all that is good and pure and righteous at Nebraska athletics. Yeah. But there are fans that would, would advocate for that. To be fair, there are also Nebraska football fans who only follow one other in-state team for basketball season. And we all know that they're bastards. <laughs> and we know that they're winning. With a Shut coach, up, Todd. <laughs> with, with a coach that did not have the success at the same university across the river as Fred Hoiberg did. <laughs> right. Shut up, Todd. I don't know. I, I guess it's disappointing to see the media people just, you know, rise up. and They're like wolves. 
You know what I mean? What, I, the wolves, I, I, wolves sit I, around, and what they do is they separate somebody from the pack, and they wait until they weak, and then they attack them. That's who these guys are. I figured you know? out that Nebraska media is not many times, and in, in certainly in in like national media, not necessarily sports. Most of the time, it's the media that sets the narrative and uh, you know shapes and molds minds. But I really think with Nebraska athletic media, they take the pulse of the fan base and then cater or pander to you know whatever they think the the most subscribers want to hear uh, or read or see or whatever. What you're not going to find at the Five Heart Podcast. Nebraska's only true unbiased podcast is any of that bullshit. I, that's probably because I'm too dumb to suck up the people. I've never, and been that's why we don't that. make any money. No, yeah, <laughs> no. Well, you know. John, John, you you said something else uh, earlier that that you you mentioned. I, we got to go back several minutes now, and if you don't remember, I, I don't blame you. Uh, but you said that for many Nebraska fans, they go you know Husker football. And then there's like a dead period and they say, okay, well maybe I'll throw on basketball. Uh, Let's not forget that there is a strong contingent of the uh, big red faithful who do after football makes its unceremonious early departure from our athletic calendars uh, they they do follow volleyball, so let's not forget to give John Cook his due. Uh, every all the good things uh, uh, that he's doing there um, at, at at the Bob. I don't know if it's still called the Bob. It was called the Bob when I was living in Nebraska. Should Probably be called the John. To, um, <laughs> that sounds weird. Cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about the cook? Just the kitchen. The kitchen. The kitchen. <laughs> yeah. yeah <sometimes laughs> call it the John. Jeez. You know what it was called when we were there, Todd, right? You know, my <laughs> takes me a little while, guys. Takes me a little you, while. You know what they called it when we were there in school? Devaney. No. They called it the morgue. They called I it the know. library. Did you ever go oh. to a basketball game? Me? Yeah. Uh, when I was um, a freshman, I, think all, at the I, I know the Montana, answer to that question. When I was a freshman at the University of Montana, I went to all of the home games in Montana because they were really good, and we could sit courtside because I was on the wrestling team. Uh, and I did go when Montana played at Nebraska over winter break. I did go and watch Montana play against Nebraska, and that's the only game I ever, only basketball game I ever went to, only Nebraska basketball game I ever went to. Was the crowd excited? Yeah, because they beat Montana. I have a I have a question. I don't know if we ever addressed this on the show, and, and maybe maybe we have. Maybe it was on one of those several shows that I've missed in the last year. Uh, but Todd, I think I knew that you went to school, you know, in a galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I guess I should have put two and two together, but I didn't know that you wrestled in college. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's why I went to Montana. <laughs> well, I, I mean, not too many people go to Montana just for the hell of it. No, no offense I, to no offense to the good people of Montana, who 
I, until I saw pictures of your winter, I actually considered moving to Montana. I said, no, I see all that snow hell with that. So, uh, tell, tell, enlighten me and, and, uh, uh, by extension, all, all the viewers and listeners, uh, about your collegiate wrestling career. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, my, my, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smart ass, you know, I don't no, know. My, you're my you're chuckling, but... wrestling career was, uh, relatively short, um, at the time I went to Montana, it was, uh, it was a division one program. Um, you know, probably within 10 years of me leaving there, they dropped the program for, you know, like everybody does for cost cutting reasons and that kind of thing. But, uh, it was in the big sky conference. It was a division one program. And, um, I, uh, I chose to go out there. I, you know, it's not like, you know, we didn't have Twitter, so we didn't announce what we were doing. You know, I'm, I'm blessed, you know, to, accept, you know, he walked outside and yelled at his neighbors. We did have, I did, you know, no announcement at school. I didn't put a cap on, you know, I didn't know that, but, uh, I, uh, I ended up going out to the university of Montana. I picked them over. See, I was kind of smart too a while back. Cause my, my final three were, uh, university of Montana, Columbia university in New York and the United States military Academy where I had an appointment. Um, nice. so, yeah. So I ended up going to Montana and, um, my career record as a division one wrestler was three and five. Um, I was 158 pounder, which is, Boy, that's a long ways in the rear view mirror. Um, I, you I, ate uh, that 158-pounder. I can say I did win my, my final collegiate match. I won at 177 pounds, um, and that was in large part because uh, the uh, guy who started the season, who was actually the number one 158-pounder, uh, he got healthy. He was injured, and that's when I filled in and wrestled at 158. Um, but he came back, and won the spot back and uh, at a practice the night before we were wrestling our arch rival, Montana state, the Bobcats, I was working out with uh, the 177 pounder. And um, when I was wrestling with him, um, he broke his leg. And uh, I don't think it, well, you know, maybe I did something. I'm not sure. But since I broke his leg, I was told by the head coach, I was now wrestling 177. And uh, which was 20 pounds heavier than what I'd ever wrestled before. So I went down to Bozeman and weighed in with my clothes on. And uh, when they saw who was going to wrestle 177, they took their stud 177 pounder and bumped him up to 190 and put a reserve in to take on me because I was a 158 pounder with a losing record. And um I beat him and I beat him on a writing time point was the only time I ever had a writing time point. So, um, then I came Did you tell him before you started the, you broke, you, you, I broke my own guy's <laughs> leg. You motherfucker. What are you going to do? It. I'm right. I'd, I'd had that on a t-shirt. I broke. What's his name's leg. <laughs> well, you know, and, but I'll tell you what, and, and, you know, when I, when I ended up at Montana ended my, you know, I, I, came to Nebraska. I didn't know I was going to go to Nebraska. I just was coming back to the Midwest and ended up at Nebraska. But it it became very apparent to me before the end of the wrestling season that to wrestle and compete at that level was going to take a lot more of a commitment than what I wanted to give the sport. Um, Division one athletes, unless you have been one or unless you've been close to one, 
Um, I don't think the, the most of us have no idea what kind of a commitment it takes to do that. And uh, I, I realized very, very quick that um, I was not going to give that kind of commitment. And um, so I transferred to Nebraska. Yeah, I thought about reaching out to maybe walk on or whatever the wrestling program at Nebraska. But um, I, uh, I discovered met John. Me and the drinking I discovered started. John. I discovered Kurt. <laughs> I discovered Jeff and Jeff and Mac and all of those guys. And drinking beer and having a good time uh, made it virtually impossible for me <laughs> to ever consider being a competitive athlete again <laughs> it it's just you know it, and thank you very much uh for sharing that story because in in all of our many conversations now i've, I've never really heard you know your origin story and and uh, and that's obviously only one small chapter of, of who you are todd so so i want to thank you for for sharing that with us but it, i was just talking to a friend about this earlier today you know like i certainly had the ability to stay in out in Shadron and continue to, to do, I, I enjoyed what I did out, out in uh, Northwest Nebraska, out in the panhandle calling ball games, being the voice of the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the compensation wasn't there and, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, but I looked at like, yeah, for all the friends that I w- would have retained and, you know, stay close to, like I would have never met my wife. So uh, you, leaving Montana and ending up at, at Nebraska, uh, you know, sure enough, you, if that doesn't happen, you don't meet John, you know, and, and you obviously not just, you know, the, I'm, I'm the benefactor of that because I, I get to hang out with you guys every week, but all the great memories that, that you've uh, had and that John's forgotten uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but, but, you know, the, the last, uh, 40-ish years, give or take, of, of your guys' lives. And, and you know, things like that don't happen. It, it, it's We always look back like, oh, you know, I, I may or may not regret this or I wish I could have adjusted that mistake. But every every decision that we've ever made leads us to where we are right now. Yeah. So I'm thankful for the fact that you came back to the Midwest. I'm thankful that uh, you met this grizzly guy uh, that we're, we're joined <laughs> with. And uh, uh, and, and I'm, I'm thankful again, to, to be able to hang out with you guys. It's a, that's not the beer talking. That's all Greg. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to, to be able to hang out with you guys. What happened, John? Well, I thought Kobe Webster was coming on the court to fight with somebody, but it, it was his own player because they're, they're <laughs> rocking against Minnesota. I was just What's shocked the by the, uh, I think it was 47 to 32. Oh my God. Verge just inbounded the ball off of Gophers back and scored. <laughs> 47 to 32 with 1249 left they got to beat minnesota it's the one team that we have to beat in everything all the time yeah yeah i hear you and i'm the same way with iowa i'm the same way with all of them all of all of them yeah well greg um we have um what what what's going on with football right now we're in the lulls man the doldrums, yeah. nothing going. Last week we talked about uh, uh, National Signing Day and the portal. portal, and now we don't have anything really to discuss until uh, spring football. I want to reach out to uh, 
uh, the commenters on YouTube. Uh, we are planning to talk about the position groups. So we're going to hang out, uh, put that off until after spring football. Large, specifically, they asked about the offensive and defensive lines and special teams. We could probably have a special teams conversation before that, but uh, I really want, and I, I think the fans deserve to have Haas Reuter back uh, to talk about uh, the offensive and defensive lines. And I did reach out to him um, and he's just bogged down. It's his last semester uh, of school for his master's. Um, and so he's just really bogged down right now. He said if, if we could reach out to him uh, in, at the end of April or May. Uh, so we'll definitely talk about that. Definitely address that. I wanted to uh, make, make sure that folks knew because we are reading your comments. We appreciate all of your feedback, uh, whether it's on, on a YouTube or on coordination. Uh, what's we'll up, John? We'll see what the comments are this week. <laughs> it should be fine. You know, maybe we, we haven't offended have another, anybody yet. We have another segment we should tap into. I just read that one of our most successful teams at the University of Nebraska is going to oh. make the first appearance on the Big Ten Network for the sport of bowling. Our women's bowling? Bowl, women's bowling team will play on Big Ten Network, I think this weekend, making the first appearance of bowling on that network. How's that? Well, that's that's different. <laughs> I guess, does the eight, even, do the Big Ten teams, are there, are there other Big Ten I don't bowling think so. teams? Because I, you know, I get the press releases, right? And, you know, I mean, All right, uh, so I've, I've got the official right word now. here. Okay, go ahead. Uh, make sure I get Sunday, February 27th. Okay. It's Uh, it's the fine final match of the big red invitational from Hollywood bowl, uh, beginning at 11 AM former coach, uh, Husker coach, Bill Straub and veteran broadcaster, Larry Puntney will call the action as the Huskers will wrap up the three day event with the best of seven Baker format match that day. Uh, Nebraska's won eight national titles since becoming a varsity sport in 1998. Think about that. Um, so yeah, it'll be the, the big red invitational is three days. Of course, it's the February 25th, 26th and 27th in Lincoln at the Hollywood bowl. Uh, the Huskers are ranked third nationally returning, uh, three all Americans from last year's NCAA championship team, including NTCA bowler of the year, crystal Elliott. There you go. So, Another thing to be proud of being a Husker fan. Amen. Again, what it, it, we've been seeing it for years now. The women's sports are carrying, carrying uh, uh, the guys by the jockstrap. That not so right. fast, uh, my friend. Uh oh. Wrestling. You're going to give us a wrestling update. No. Oh. It's nine days from what? Opening day. Baseball. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, dong, the witch is dead. The wicked witch, the wicked witch. Are we going to go into baseball? We're at 54 minutes. Uh, No, we're not. Baseball for next week. We're fine. We got got time. It's fine. We're only at about 40 minutes. Are we? Okay. Yeah. You you two started talking before I got here. We're fine. Greg was late again, everybody. I got kids. What can I say? <laughs> okay. Todd, what do we know about baseball? 
Well, I know this. I know this. I'll say this and I'll just admit it to people. Here's the, here's the problem I have with baseball right now. I literally said this in the Slack room. My memory is bad enough that it's, if it's not been cycled through my memory, like within a month or so, I have to start relearning shit. So I have to go back and start relearning all the baseball players' names again, which is really a sad fucking way to live, but that's my life. Uh, the well, one name that I thought of, I'd sat down and I thought, who are our baseball players? Mojo Haggy. He's gone. After 17 years at Nebraska, he has graduated. Max Anderson. He is back. He's, he will he be a sock. And uh, Kyle Perry. He's back. He's never going anywhere. Yeah. Colby him around. He he should become the next media. He should be the Jen Saki of Nebraska athletics. Spokesperson. The That's what I'm looking for. Let's just say spokesperson. We don't need to invoke evil. Sorry. Sorry. Alex Spoke- Gordon. Gone. Well, <laughs> is he going back to coach? Is he going back to coach? He was a third baseman, and so is Max Anderson. <laughs> what about that really big guy? Ledbetter. He is uh, on the staff. Ledbetter. <sighs> yep. So Curtis. I am looking forward to baseball season. Cam Chick. About it right now. Cam yeah. Chick is back. Cam well, yeah, Cam they had a, they had a press conference today, um, you know, with uh, Coach Bolt. And I think Kyle Perry talked uh, Kyle Perry and Shea Shannon and Cam Chick. They're the they're three of the four captains. The other one uh, can't remember who the other one is. Um, another Nebraska kid. They're, you got three of them. Three of the four captains are Nebraska. Joba somebody. That'd Joba be Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Yeah, he's in the past, John. Okay. So um, next thing you're going to be like, Darren Erstead, he's coming back to play, right? <laughs> hey, the, 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 you know, without going into a whole lot of detail, the common theme is that nearly everything is wide open this year and they still are not settled on what a starting lineup or what the starting rotation is going to look like. Um, you got to figure that Kyle Perry is going to be, in the weekend rotation, I would guess that Shea Shanneman is going to be in the in the rotation. Um, you know, uh, Jake Buns maybe he was at times last year, but they also are bringing in some transfer players, uh, Dawson McCarvel and Mason or Orney Ellis. But um, who knows what's going to happen there? But here's the one. This is the player, and we won't. Uh, let's not. We don't need to dissect the whole team and season, but. Here's a player that has, has been overlooked the whole offseason, and uh, that's um, Mr. Gomez and uh, Colby Gomez. Am I got the right name right? I yeah. Think so. Yep. And uh, is, it, are, is, is it Gomez? Is it Gomes? No, it's, it's Gomez. Gomez. It's okay. Gomez. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a kid from Millard that he missed is. all of last season because of, of surgery. And, you know, the before that, he was – he came in as a freshman and um, they played him some at first base and he hit and he didn't pitch that first year that he was here because he'd had some arm issues, you know, at the end of his high school career. Then the next season he did pitch. They have him penciled in as the closer right now. And they're saying that um, after his surgery and rehab and that kind of stuff, the kid is just absolutely throwing smoke and he's developed a splitter. 
I think that would be a great story, you know, for the Nebraska team this year. If after, you know, undergoing everything that he has, if, if he can, uh, you know, have some success and, you know, we all know, even if we're a casual fan, we all know how important a good closer is on the team. Uh, Schleppenbach, you know, last year uh, was pivotal in the success of the team. So, has he gone? Hopefully the, he has gone. He got. Drafted. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> so, I, w- I want to mention two things real quick. One, uh, let's talk a little bit about the disrespect uh, that Nebraska continues to get because they, I believe, were ranked behind Michigan uh, in some of the preseason rankings. Or, or who, who ranked Michigan was ranked Michigan? in it, one. One of the polls had him behind. Yeah, Michigan. which one? Baseball America. No, it was. It came out before Baseball America. I can't remember which one. All right. So at least it's not a Michigan, unanimous choice. They ranked Michigan up there because everybody loves that. What is it Eric Backett? The coach. Yeah. 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 They love. You. I mean, they've made the College World Series. So. Uh, number two, I don't think we've talked about. I, I'm sure we talked about it when he came on board, if my memory is correct. But uh, let's not understate the importance of Rob Childress. Uh, back in director of player oh, development, right. yeah. and uh, you know that's that, that's a big get. You know, uh, talk talk about an experienced voice uh, there uh, on on the staff. You know, not like the bullpen staff necessarily, but in in the uh, in the baseball staff for for Will Bolt. So, um, good things. I mean, at this point, let's face it: like baseball's men's sports, real only hope well don't care but (laughs) okay i i I will i and hey real quick gymnastics who got a very special visitor this week what other men's gymnastics team right has the presence such that simone biles would show up to watch them compete i'll tell you i'll tell you which ones none of them (laughs) That is pretty cool. I mean, you have to admit that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, tremendous. That uh, so I don't know. They must be doing something right. Uh, of course, I, I, I'm not trying to slight the gymnastics squad. I, it's, it's just not a, what? Keep going. Are, are you laughing at my constant disclaimers? John's got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think John's. I think we're getting to John. I think we're affecting his night. Um, but it's you know gymnastics isn't something that that we talk about. It's not something you know we don't really. Uh, Todd's obviously a, a specialist in wrestling. John's a specialist in everything, and I'm a specialist in getting the audio up on the website. So we all have the things that we <laughs> that we bring to the show. Uh, uh, but I, I it looks like John, you okay, bud? Well, you know, I have an essential oil. This is going to make me sound like really the hippie freak, but I do when my when my headaches get bad enough, I use an essential oil called past tense on my head. And it invariably gets in my eyes because I'm a moron <laughs> and it burns like hell. Nebraska is up 55 to 43 with 845 left. I got to hope they pull this game out. And by the time people hear this, it'll be Friday morning. Uh what else about baseball? We have expectations that are so huge for baseball. I, I do, and I hope I hope that they can live up to them. But you, you know, Greg, just to follow up on something you said, real quick, 
bringing Rob Childress in is huge. And, you know, he'll, he's kind of going to be the Yoda <laughs> to uh, Will Bolt. And, um, we'll you know, call it a little less green, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, when Childress left here, you know, he, he had, he had roots, you know, he had roots here. And um, I don't think, you know, to people who, who uh, were familiar with the program, you know, when he came with Van Horn, he fell in love with the state of Nebraska. And I think a lot of people, um, there's probably some people listening tonight that don't realize that uh, when, uh, after Dave Van Horn left, um, it came down to Rob Childress and Mike Anderson. They were kind of co-coaches in a way, but then uh, obviously one of them had to be selected as the head coach and they picked Mike Anderson. And, you know, Coach Childress hung around for another year being, you know, the, the pitching coach. And then he left at Texas A&M. Um, so I, I'm not going to say anything disparaging about, you know, Coach Anderson because he took him to the College World Series. Um, but I, I think a lot of people that were close to the program are not surprised at all that Coach Childress, you know, returned to Nebraska. I think that uh, he uh, at one point in time probably figured that he'd be back. So. Um, there is a coach we're not mentioning. Pardon? John Sanders. Yeah, you know, and and John Sanders was the head coach when we were students. Uh, and, you know, living in Harper Strand Smith, that was just a short little walk to the to Buck Belzer. And I spent many an afternoon and many a weekend, you know, sitting in the bleachers watching uh, John Sanders teams play. And uh, John Sanders, big, tall, redheaded guy. And he had kind of a, you know, kind of barked a little bit in his voice. And I always thought he was kind of a tough guy, but, you know, I, I, I do know from what players have said that, uh, he's a pretty kind hearted person as well. And, um, I took, um, because I was, a I was a history and a physical education major, um, in the teacher's college. And I took coaching of baseball and coach Sanders was the, was the instructor. And I can tell you, that I mean, in fact, it's ironic because I had kept this a book, a binder this thick that was the same information that he gave to all the players. It was everything, every philosophy, every mechanics, every scheme and situation that he taught his baseball players on his team. And, and that was our textbook. And holy moly, you know, some of those days he'd come in and you know, he'd say, okay, we're going to talk about shortstop play, or we're going to talk about, you know, uh, relays huh. and cutoffs. Holy smokes. You know, that's why I've said, you know, that kind of gave me one of the first impressions of what a lay person's knowledge is of pick the sport is nothing compared to that level that division one college coach, well, college coaches in general are on. It's just incredible. I mean, Buck Belter was basically like a community baseball perk. <laughs> I mean, you, I kind of remember it. You know, I remember what was that Mount Buck that they had out there where they were. Do you remember that? Big yeah, Mound of Dirt, didn't they call it Mount Van, Buck? Van Horn's year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, him keeping the baseball program going all those years when his facilities were basically, I don't know, your town home park. That's what they were. Well, it looked like it. But you know, they, they also were able to play a lot of games there where other games were getting rained out because they had that AstroTurf infield. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, John Sanders and, you know, his son played at Nebraska, was a pitcher at Nebraska and went on and had a professional career. And, um, 
but John Sanders was very good for Nebraska baseball, uh, you know, but like a lot of coaches, you know, sometimes if you can't keep the momentum going and when things start to slide, um, you know, you, you need to, you need to do something a little different. That's when they let him go and they brought David Van Horn in. So. Great, uh, great, great words there on, on coach Sanders, of course, uh, who, uh, the baseball world, the, the Husker family and, and, uh, and, and planet earth, uh, lost here recently. Um, I, I believe it was, as this is dropping Friday morning, I think it was this past Saturday. So, uh, so, you know, of course he will be missed by those who, uh, were, were close to him and, and I'm sure all the players who, uh, who played for him over all those years. So, it is uh, time to go, guys. We have just barely passed our 45-minute mark, but we're still under an hour, and we appreciate everybody who's uh, stuck with us, uh, as always, on YouTube or, or listening to the podcast. If you find it on coordination.com or if you subscribe to it on any of the many podcast uh, platforms that it is on, I myself, despite the fact that I host the show subscribe to it on apple Podcasts. i know you can get it there google play and many more so uh we appreciate uh your listening we appreciate your comments and we appreciate you telling other good husker fans about what we're doing here at coordination not just the, the podcast of course but the site in general uh we do it for you because we're still going to have these conversations internally uh but but we like to uh you know share our thoughts and, and provide a different perspective on things. Maybe something that's a, a little more coarse, uh, but a little more honest. Take that Steve <laughs> Sibyl, you some bitch. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sip. I don't we'll see. We'll see it. what people, you know, I just go back to the Fred Hoiberg thing. I think it's just, I don't know. I guess that's, I just irritated with the media people that are just hounding on this because they can. And I realized this basketball season season has been, really disappointing and abysmal and i wish we would have seen more progress but i guess i'd say the course just because we haven't ever seen this let talent level at nebraska and sometimes it takes a long time to figure things out i mean tim miles had seven years he kind of figured it started figuring it out and he had some decent teams but you know i don't know the pressure was really on the program. I didn't mean to interrupt you, John, but the pressure was Sorry. really on the program when Northwestern won their tournament game, and that left us <laughs> the only program, <laughs> Division One program, to not have a tournament win. But right now, we just got to get to the show, you know, and that's – we'll get there, you know, and, and just like we, we, we preach patience uh, on football, you know, we'll get back to – winning seasons and bowl games and, and then new year's bowl games. And then whatever the uh, timeout stop. I didn't say when no, <laughs> I was watching game? basketball. Okay. I thought you were reacting. What I was saying, uh, I say, and, and whatever the playoff system looks like, you know, down the road, we'll get there. Just practice patience. <laughs> yeah. What's entertaining going on in the game? Tonight, John? Aren't I? Well, Bryce McGowan's no, went up for a, Bryce McGowan's went up for a shot, got flattened by a guy, and as he's falling backwards, throws the ball up in the air, and it just goes in. And, of course, he gets the three points. It, you know, that's, that's, Nebraska needs – what we need is two things for this basketball team to be successful. And he's got big guys coming in next year. All right, Alec Kalinitz is sitting on the bench this season. 
He's got recruits coming in that are big guys. Derek Walker has played well, but he can't be the only guy. Eduardo Andre does decent, hasn't developed as far as you'd want him to, but he needs experience. And then it would be really nice if Bryce McGowan's returned. But he needs guys to return. You know what I mean? We need guys to come back. And that, I, we saw what happened with the football team when the super seniors returned on defense. Well, so, it, you, know. you have to have a you have to have a foundation. You have to have some stability. You're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, and and I'll be honest with you, Todd. I, I know we didn't uh, intend to circle back to basketball. I know it's your least favorite oh, sport of all. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it is the game that's going on now. Is Nebraska is a few minutes away from you know we're recording this Wednesday night. Obviously, a few minutes away from what should be, what could be, what very well may be their first conference win of the season. That would be wonderful. That would be great. It would be tremendous. I'd be tickled to death. It would be a win streak all the way to the first NCAA tournament win. There you go. On a run. (laughs) Maybe the third NCAA tournament game. (laughs) Wow. Okay. With those high hopes, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We want to thank, as always, Todd Wolverton uh, for joining us. And, of course, our fearless leader and founder, John Dam Johnston. I'm Greg Mahochko reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red. Todd? Nine days, no booze, no Scott Frost, criticism.